0: The Sacred Changemakers podcast is supported by Coaches Business School, helping the world's most caring coaches build a purpose-driven and profitable business that makes a meaningful impact in our world. Check out their unique frameworks and methods to help you transform and grow your business. Now is the time to build a bridge from what you want in life to include what the world needs. You can do well in business and do good And together, we can make a meaningful difference. Find out more at CoachesBusinessSchool.com.
1: Hey, Sacred Changemakers, and welcome to another episode of our podcast. Now, today on the podcast, we have a really interesting guest. Um, He's called Gavin Sequera and he's an advocate for resilience and change and you know he's got this really interesting background because he's lived in war torn countries he's escaped religious persecution growing up and he eventually found his way to Australia and, you know, started to work in the corporate world. And he was made redundant overnight, which kind of catapulted him into a a different space and put him kind of clearly on his spiritual and entrepreneurial journey. Now, you're going to hear about Gavin's life. You're going to hear about those different countries uh, in Pakistan and experiencing inequality in Kuwait and how that has shaped his future and how he's developed his passion for really helping others to fulfill their potential in this lifetime and create more meaning and live a lifestyle that's really more kind of meaningful to them. And his work, which is now oriented around helping people make the transition from corporate life into the entrepreneurial world in a way that they can fulfill their own potential and really live a life worth living, you know, as they define it, not as potentially the world defines it. So it was a really interesting conversation because there's no doubt that Gavin's work is in service not just of you know, us as individuals fulfilling our potential and, and creating more meaning, but also what this means for the world at large. And how, you know, if we did have a world that truly everybody was happy, could like bring their whole selves to their careers, if they could you know, truly find a way to understand their own values based on what matters most to them, we'd all be living happier lives. And and then what would the world be like? So Gavin has some really interesting advice and insights to share with you about his own life journey, but also like getting you to reflect on your own life journey. So I'm really excited to share him with you. And I think you're really gonna enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Gavin. Hey Gavin, I'm excited to welcome you to the Sacred Changemakers podcast, so welcome.
0: Thank you very much, Jane. It's my absolute pleasure to be with you.
1: Oh, I can't wait to uh, really dive deeply into conversation with you. Um, And I know our listeners are going to love this conversation because it's very timely in some ways. But before we do, I just want to say that, you know, our listeners can uh, read your bio in the show notes, but I'd love to get a sense from you of, you know, who is that real life human behind the bio? Who is he? (laughs)
0: <laughs> thank you very much Le- yeah look I I always struggle when people ask for a bio because I, I find how do you encapsulate your entire life to this point in you know less than 100 words or something like right. that and, you know there's a lot more to a human than just a few words on paper and um, look just to give your your listeners a little bit of an insight into who I am uh, I I'm someone who's lived in um more than three countries so i grew up in uh pakistan where i was born now i come from portuguese indian background so i'm I'm a mixed heritage person and i'm I'm a christian as well so in that part of the world you're a minority and you're persecuted okay so um, i grew up in in that environment and my family had to leave because it wasn't safe and so we moved to the Middle East in Kuwait and in Kuwait uh, you know that place was uh, uh, going through war times uh, between Iran and Iraq and I lived there for 11 years I saw my dad um, narrowly escape with his life on a a plane that was hijacked and people were killed Uh, and this is before we had social media And I just grew up in those sort of dark times, you know, and just before the Gulf War in 1990, we narrowly escaped uh, to come to Australia. Uh, And I'll tell you what, what a change of pace, you know, such a beautiful country. I've been here for over 30, almost 35 years now. And I I love it because it's just a different environment where you have freedoms. And one thing, Jane, um, you know, I, it's really shaped who I am as a, as a person, because, Going through school, going through university, going through my corporate life and even into business, the thing that's always been at the forefront of my mind is how do I do something that has meaning, that has purpose, that makes a difference, not just in my life and my family, but with other people in my community, because I've seen the world go on and do things and sometimes you know, you take a step back and you, you look at the world and, and it's not in a good place. And I'm mm. sure your listeners would identify with this. You know, you see what's going on in the news, in countries around the world, at war, in famine, in poverty, you know, and I almost feel there is a social responsibility on, of everyone on this planet to make a difference and some have more ability than others and there are people who can lead that change and you're one of them. And I really believe if we all work together to to do something that makes a difference through the work that we do or find our passion and do that work that we were called upon to do that we can actually shape humanity and shape the world as well I know it sounds like a very esoteric sort of thing to say but really that is what I believe and that's who
1: I am and that's why we've got you on the podcast Gavin (laughs) (laughs) and I can't put that in a hundred words or less (laughs) no and I love everything you're saying there and you know as you were talking, I was thinking you've actually got a very interesting background, which a lot of us don't have, you know, so, uh, and you kind of kind of glossed over the way this has shaped you. So I'd love to just take you to take us back a little bit. And, you know, as you're looking back on your childhood now, and, and those experiences that you had in, in both Pakistan and Kuwait before coming to Australia, I mean, how did that shape you as a as a human? Like, what did you learn from that? What do you take away that, you know, it might be insights, it might be something that, you value now that you want to remember in your daily life now in in Australia. What might that be?
0: Yeah, look, I can tell you some um, some funny things. Uh, I guess it'll make you <laughs> laugh. Um, you know, for example, uh, in in most parts of the world, other than let's say a lot of Western countries and, and maybe one or two Asian countries, you can't drink water out of a tap. Right, uh, you know. So if you've lived in the in the UK or you've lived in in the US or Australia or even Singapore, you can drink water from a tap, but in places where I grew up, you couldn't. So when I first came to Australia and I, we lived with you know, family, we had some cousins over here. I remember they poured some water into a glass out of the tap and gave it to me. I stared at it for a good 10 minutes, looking at my parents saying, am I allowed to drink that? And because <laughs> <laughs> we would, we, we had filtrated systems, um, you know, in those parts, you drink out of bottled water and even having a shower, you would have to turn on the shower for a good 10 minutes to allow all the sediment to come out. Cause you know, before you could, it was safe to actually get under it. And I'm talking about in the, in the seventies and eighties, right. Yes. and in, in Those parts of the world. So you know, I've grown up in places where the things we take for granted, even, you know, having trees in the backyard and having grass on your lawn, you know, was not something I grew up with. And so when I came here and people said, oh, I've got to mow the lawn and I've got all these weeds in my backyard, I used to say, you've got trees and you've got weeds and you got lawn? How lucky are you? <laughs> you know, and, and so um, it, it is funny, you know, if, if some of your people have even been to places like China Um, You know, to see blue skies, you've you've, uh, lived in the UK, you know, looking at blue skies, you don't see that every day, do you? Mm. And uh, you take it for granted. So those are some of the, I guess, more humorous things that I could share, but on a more serious note. Um, You know, living in parts of the world like the the Middle East, uh, especially places like Kuwait back in the 70s and 80s, and even in Pakistan, which is neighboring on places like Afghanistan and all. A lot of those places don't have equal human rights um, as a just a a most basic human necessity. So men and women are not treated equal. Um, If you want to run a business, you know, you need to know people. It's, It's all about who you know. There's a lot of corruption, there's a lot of bribery, there's a lot of things that happen that are not right. And at the end of the day, you know your morals are always compromised in places like that. It's very hard to be authentic you know and and really do well. Most people end up turning a blind eye to to other things. And so I grew up with a lot of this stuff and when I came to Australia, went to school, went to university, uh, you know, I, I went through, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Robert Kiyosaki uh,
1: yeah.
0: and his work with Rich Dad, Poor Dad and that series. I went through that uh, journey where I did all the things I thought were expected of me, you know, got good grades at university, got two degrees, went to uh, to start my corporate career and, you know, did an MBA, did all, had all these letters after my name and I thought I was doing all the right things and then got into the political landscape of corporate and my morals were questioned at times. I was competing with the Joneses. I was doing all these things that suddenly made me feel very uncomfortable. Now, I'm not saying everyone goes through this, but I certainly got to this point. And, you know, I felt like a fish out of water. I felt like I, you know, I've created a cage around me. Yeah, it feeds me well. It pays me well. I'm, I get to travel. But I wasn't comfortable where I was and I, I needed a way out. And I didn't know how to get out. So through a lot of personal development and reading a lot of books and, you know, walking on fire and just learning about myself and, and my values and, and my passions and what really drove me as a person, I, I started to shift. And, you know, I thankfully, by becoming an entrepreneur more out of necessity than um you know, than making money, for example, it was more as a way of saving my soul. Um, I, I wanted to do something that, you know, made me passionate, where I had meaning in my life. And I started that journey about 15 years ago. So I got into corporate back in 2007. Uh, and uh, to be honest, I've never really looked back because I I enjoy what I do and I find purpose behind what I do. Mm.
1: And I love that you have this personal story around, you know, how for you, corporate wasn't a good fit, you know, and I think there's a growing number of people that are having that experience that you're, you're telling us about here. Um, And and this is one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you on the podcast, particularly now, (laughs) right, because of everything that's going on in the world. So kind of I, I want to kind of take us to, you know, kind of away from your personal story just for a moment to to get your sense of I mean, what what is the meaning that you're attaching to this like inflection point in time that. And I could say grandly that humanity is going through, but in reality, it comes down to our individuals' lives as well. It's impacting all of us. And yeah, so I right. just wonder, like, what's the sense you're making of these times we're living through right now?
0: Yeah, so right now, I would say we're going through a winter period in humanity, and I'll explain what I mean by that. So, you know, like if you were a farmer and you owned uh, your own land and you're growing crops, you know, you have the summer, you, you got the winter, you got the harvest period, you got, you know, there's all those different seasons. And I really truly believe right now we're going through a bit of a dark period around the world. And you don't have to look very far. Pretty much every country has things that are happening within that their um, geography, within their people, within their culture. There's There's a lot of things that are happening right now that people would question the morality of what's happening. You know, if you look at the wars that are going on right now and countries that are neighboring and just turning a blind eye or just waiting for things to settle when people are being slaughtered and killed, there are people that are being persecuted because of their faith. There are, uh, you know, people who are losing their rights all over the place. And yet, uh, you know, a lot of us in the, especially in first world countries are chasing the dollar where we're, we're, we're trying to better our own personal lives. It's all about, like you mentioned on an earlier call with me, the me, my, and what I can do for myself yeah. and not what we can do for each other. And I think we've forgotten that there are a lot of people, however, Jane, that are making this shift. So there is a shift in energy. I do feel, and there are, there are leaders that are stepping up and I'm not talking about people that are well-known. I'm talking about people that no one knows exists that are out there doing little things that are making big differences Um, I'll give you an example I have a a friend here in Australia who who who's a very quite a spiritual um, lady and just really could not stand what was happening here in Australia with all of the lockdowns that we had and a lot of the tyrannical stuff that was going on and she left Australia. She was born here. She loved the loves Australia, but she could not live in this environment was physically making her ill with what was going on energy wise. So she moved uh, to another part of the world. She now lives in Mexico of all places. And um, she's doing a lot of good work over there as a speaker, as a healer, as a, as she promotes a lot of um, the stuff that we're talking about, but she is able to now freely express herself and not be, you know, not really be held back over here. And, and, um, you know, I, I've seen people do things like that. It's quite dramatic. I'm not saying people should just get up and leave where they are. But if you're in the corporate environment, for example, and this is an area I play in, uh, and you're feeling like you're pressured, you know, you're feeling like you're trapped, or, you're doing this work, you're getting paid really well, but you're in an environment that's literally sucking the soul out of you, or you're you're feeling like you've hit this glass ceiling, you can't go anywhere, you can't express yourself anymore, you're being told where to go, what to do, what, what to say, even in presentations and things like that. And uh you know, you've got to question, are you in the right place? Because I've seen people stick with it and they go, you know what? this is just how it is. I just got to play the game and it's all about who you know. And if I just stick it out, I'll get the goal. watch at the end. I can tell you a lot of those people, Jane, I've spoken to them. They're not happy when they retire. They they feel they've wasted a lot of their, their working life. And for the people that are in it, they're burnt out and they're not just burnt out from their work. They're burnt out energetically. They're burnt out spiritually. They're emotionally drained. A lot of their relationships are not doing very well. I I can fully attest to this because I went through each one of those phases of burnout. And um, also I, you know, physically I I wasn't well, I put on a lot of weight. Uh, I was missing a lot of my family uh, events and commitments because I was traveling a lot for work. I was in quite a senior role and I was moving around a lot in hotel lobbies and I was always on my laptop. I felt like I was working 18 hours a day and I was presenting every other day at six in the morning and working different time zones. And, at the end of the day, I was just, what am I doing this for? You know, because yeah. whose who's life am I living? Am I am I just here to make the big guy that in, in the company rich? Or because my life at the moment has no meaning. I'm literally existing to pay bills. And I it was quite depressing, you know, and I needed to make a shift out. And I know that there were a lot of people, even in my team at the time thinking this, but some of them to this day are still doing the same job, believe it or not. 15 yeah. years later and th- they're unable to, to make that shift and all I can do for my end is just put these um, tools and resources I now have put together out there so that people are aware that they you know you have the permission to go and find your passion and you have your the permission to go and do something that means something to you it's your life you know take control of it go and go and take some time out you know, it's not a crime. <laughs> you know, do right. some, ha, do some self care and spend some time reflecting, and ask yourself some tough questions. And um, you know, you might be pleasantly surprised. It's not that difficult to make little shifts in your life that will have big impact. Mm-hmm.
1: And I love what you're talking about, because certainly here in the US, I think more and more people are finding themselves in that space that you're talking about, you know, especially since we've come through the last couple of years where we've been through lockdown, people have been sent home to suddenly like work in their kitchen or, you know, to make their home office so that they can actually work from home. And I know from my own perspective, I was working with a team that had been trying to a corporate team that had been trying to um, shift some of their business online and they thought they had like a it was like a three-year project plan to get this up and running and COVID hit we were all in lockdown they got it up within six weeks so it's kind of interesting the shift and the experiences that we've gone through and now I mean we're talking about it in the U.S. as the great resignation like people are realizing now that you know there's a different way that they can live their lives. There's a different way to earn money. And that's why I loved our title for today, igniting your passion from corporate to entrepreneurship. Because one of the things we talk about here at Sacred Changemakers is like, not just what's your purpose in life, but what's calling to you here. And it seems that in a lot of corporate organizations, there isn't a lot of room for things like your own individual passion. So, you know, I I love the work that you're doing because it feels very timely to me. So tell us a little bit about that, Gavin.
0: Yeah, sure. You know, just it's funny. um, Just yesterday, I finished writing an article for a a global magazine around leadership. And one of the things I talked about there was moral leadership and having the courage to be authentic, you know, as a leader and stand up for your, not just yourself, but for your team and, and protect them. And in times when, you know, it, it's easy to do the, the uh, you know, what 95% of the population expect you to do. But when you, you know, you make that choice to stand up and do your authentic thing, I think that's... That's something that um, people need to be, just be reminded that you have that power and, mm. you know, it can be little things, you know, and just standing up for your own rights, you know, sometimes saying no to things rather than always saying yes to things. And so, uh, you know, with our title, uh, Finding Your Passion and, and Igniting That and, and Moving from Corporate to Becoming an Entrepreneur. A lot of the times people ask me, Gavin, what does it mean to be an entrepreneur? And Mm -hmm. I don't often say an entrepreneur is necessarily a business-related thing. An entrepreneur, in my mind, Jane, is someone who likes to design their life rather than live it by default. So living your life by design rather than default. So what that means is you can design every aspect of your life. And an entrepreneur is someone who thinks outside the square. So if you're not happy with your relationship, what do you need to do to fix it? Ask yourself the question, what can I do to fix this? So, you know, be solution oriented. You know, if it's about your health and your fitness, what can I do to improve that? If it's about, you know, my work, well, am I happy? If I'm not happy with what I'm doing, what else could I be doing? What skills am I missing? What, how do I bridge that gap? If I'm not earning the, the kind of money I think I'm worth, well, what am I worth, you know? And even to answer that question, you need to ask yourself what value are you bringing to the world or to the community if you're simply you know putting a staple on a on a on a on a piece of paper you're worth that literally that activity if you are changing lives by showing people how to do something or how to solve a problem or how to you know fix something then you are worth that because what you're doing is now alleviating a problem for someone else or you're you're providing a solution for someone that didn't have that before, and that might be worth thousands of dollars, or tens of thousands of dollars, or even more. And so, if you can find out what value you are, you bring to the world, and find a way to deliver it, then you suddenly increase your whole value proposition. You know, you might find just by thinking that way, you're becoming an entrepreneur can open up a lot of doors for you. I'll give you some examples. Um, so, you know, I worked with a school teacher not too long ago um, who. Loves what he does. He's a he's a English teacher, and he and he's a he's a lovely, lovely guy in his, his sort of mid fifties. And uh, during our lockdown period, schools were closed, so guess what? Kids couldn't get the education they wanted. Um, they were falling behind, and and that's affected people all around the world. Parents were feeling uh, trapped because they they couldn't even get tutors to come to their home uh, because we had. I mean, our lockdowns were really bad. You couldn't even travel. Within five kilometers outside your home, so you couldn't even get a tutor to come to your home. So, can you imagine these poor students had nowhere to go, right? Yeah. And luckily, when we were working with this guy, um, he he wanted to be able to teach people, uh, teach kids remotely. So, we helped him build an online uh, program that basically enabled him to deliver it anywhere in Australia and overseas as well and so during lockdown his business went through the roof (laughs) like he literally had parents knocking on his door not physically but but emailing and and calling saying can I send my kids to you can you help my kids I don't want them to fall behind you know and all of that and and um his business went through the door he's a very he's a very caring individual He, he set set it up not to make more money because he actually is not financially driven that way although he's making very good money now he's got two incomes but he did it because he wanted to he wanted to help students who didn't have the help he wanted to help parents who didn't know where to go in times like that and so his business had a lot of meaning for the for the community um, and I think it just you know when he talks he talks about his story people feel passionate about it they want to support it and you know, he, he's doing really well for himself. His, his students are doing well. Parents are doing well. The community's doing well. And he's making a difference. And so that's one example of some of the stuff that we do is, you know, help people find what they're passionate about and bring it out in the business sense in an entrepreneurial way so that, you know, you can start making that impact. I can give you a lot more examples, but, you know, that's just one I thought would probably maybe resonate with your audience.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, it's a really great kind of testament to what happens when people truly fulfill their their passion and one thing that I mean a term I use which isn't often used is you know bringing their their soul work to the world in other words what matters most to them gets fully expressed in their life and to me like you know we we mentioned this a little bit before we started recording which is you know I I sometimes wonder about you know what life would be like if we were all able to do that in our own lives
0: I think The world would be such an amazing place. It'd almost be like uh, living in a in a um, a fairyland, you know, because we would there would be no there would be no well it would all be harmony. There would be no discontent. There'd be no unhappiness. No one would be wanting for anything. Everyone would be looking after each other. And you know, let me. It's interesting you bring this up because before we had money, uh, this is how the world operated. We operated on a barter system going back, I'm going back centuries now, but, um, you know, people literally used their skill and their knowledge in society and they were valued for anything and everything they did. So if you were a, let's say you were a barber and you cut hair, you were you were very valuable. If you were a blacksmith and you could make tools, you were needed. If you were a bread maker, if you could sew and you could, you know, you could make clothes, a cloth maker, a, 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 you know, a, a cloth maker, um, uh, you were valuable if you were a teacher you were valuable if you could fight you know you could defend the nation so any skill you had was important and valuable and people traded these skills so you do this for me I'll do that for you and and then the monetary system came on and then greed came on and then the inequality set in and I guess where we've gotten trapped in today's society is that, People are so blinded by how much I can earn and, you know, all about me and the the size of the house I can live in and, you know, all of that, especially with social media, you know, I, I need to show the world that I'm successful and Instagram and Facebook and all of that. So we've kind of got sidetracked a little bit and I feel now, now's the time because when things get so bad they have to change <laughs> there's no there's no other way to go when you get to that rock bottom you have the only way is up and so i feel we're on that we're on that path up now where people are being uh, enlightened people are questioning what they're doing with all the global pandemic that set in a lot of people were forced to work from home people started to reconnect with their families again i mean i talk to people every day that said i never spent so much time with my wife and kids you know mm-hmm. ever <laughs> yeah. and they love it And now that things are opened up again, they don't want to go back into the office full time. You know, companies now are changing their HR policies and they're saying, well, we, we, you know, we need to allow for flexibility. Now we need to let people work from home and maybe come in a little bit later in the day and leave a little bit later or have that bit of flexibility that they didn't have before, because now that they've had a taste for freedom, (laughs) You know, we can't take it away from them. We've seen mass exodus from certain industries where people are just, I've had it with that industry. I'd rather work and do something else, you know, in this industry that's a lot easier um, or maybe work for myself. Uh, We saw a lot of new businesses kick off in the last two years. A lot of entrepreneurs start their own home-based business because they could. They had the time. They suddenly, like you said, what you know, they're put on the back shelf for two or three or five years. Suddenly, they were getting done in six months. A lot of people started to do their home renovations that they had put off for a long time. You know, so it's really interesting when you start focusing on things that matter, um, you get it done. And we saw lots of community work being done, lots of social enterprises being created, um, just amazing things. And so I kind of feel like there's there's hope but there's a lot of work to still be done.
1: Yeah, no, I totally get that. And, you know, I think that, you know, everything that we've gone through, we can look at it through different lenses. We can look at it through the, you know, the dark side, uh, you know, of the negativity that we've all been through. And we can also look at it from the opportunity and the positive side. And, And what I love about what you're speaking to here is the fact that, you know, from the individual perspective it almost feels like a win for individuals somehow it does. this it really does and it feels like we're almost in we've empowered this process that we've all been through and i know we were forced into it but very much it's it's kind of given us the space to reconsider our lives to really think about you know what would make our life worth living and yeah. then really start to wonder about what that is and then potentially look to for those of us that were in corporate or maybe still are to then look at well how does that align with what gives me meaning and I think back Gavin to you know not that long ago pre-pandemic where a lot of the organizational conversation around things like stress management and burnout, burn yep. the solution was always well be more resilient you know yes. let's let's build resilience but we shouldn't so this is my personal view. We shouldn't need to build resilience inside of corporate life if, if we're able to align our individual purpose with what the organization is all about and we're able to express that fully in there. So what what I'm seeing now when I kind of take a step back is in some ways it, it doesn't surprise me that people are pushing back now and saying, actually, no, I'm not going to be a cog in this machine anymore. I'm really going to explore what that is. So I'd love you to, like, some of our listeners might find themselves in that space right now, you know, maybe some of your old colleagues from 15 years ago listening in. (laughs) Um, I mean, what kind of advice would you give to people that are, you know, seriously considering, you know, making a, a break away from corporate, but they also feel very fearful because right now, you know, money is important. We need to put sure. food on the table. We need sure. to be able to support our families. So we're in this transition period where money's still important, but meaning uh, is becoming more important. The impact we make in the world and and this we conversation that I know we've talked about before is rising to the top. So how do we do that? And and how do we leave corporate and at the same time? you know still still bring in the money that we need to live and survive
0: yeah 100% by the way jane i love your show and i love what you're saying because these are the kind of conversations number one when I have them with people like yourself or or anyone else it really energizes me and it gives me a lot of confidence like right now it's early morning for me and as we're saying this I feel so optimistic going into the weekend I really do because I I love the fact that um, through technology through things like a podcast we can share this message with anyone else that's willing to listen to it and you know if you go back 10 or 15 or 20 years ago you couldn't do that we didn't have the ability to do that and this is where i feel as individuals now we have we have a lot of power to be able to share messages like this we have the technology it's it's there anyone can do what what we're doing it's nothing that special but you know taking the time out creating these kind of messages and sharing it with the world really do resonate people do are listening people are looking up these things now and um you know there's a i don't know if you ever came across a lady by the name of bronnie Ware. um she's an author uh, she was a palliative nurse she's very very famous and you can look her up on google bronnie Ware. she wrote a book by the uh, that was called the top regrets of the dying or the top five regrets of the dying and in her work she used to <clears throat> she used to visit uh, people just before they came to the end of their life. So these are people who've lived long lives and right towards the end, their last few days, she would spend some time with them you know, to give them some peace and I guess some final um, say in in how they went away. And, and she always asked this question, do you have any regrets? And all of them would say, oh, you know, I, I regret not spending time with my family and I, enough time with my kids and I wish I'd done this and I wish I'd done that and I wish I'd been happier and I wish I you know spent more time traveling and I wish I'd tried these things and I all of that so you know these are common regrets that people have in her work and I've read her book and I've I've mentioned this many times in the past not once did anyone ever say I wish I had worked harder (laughs) or I wish i had worked more hours for the boss or the big man or the big lady you know or I wish I had spent that extra time working on that presentation or (laughs) you know what I'm saying Yeah. Um, so I guess we need to look at people who, who have come to the end of their life because it's, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a reflection point because we're going to get there at the end of the day, we we're all on this planet on this plane of existence for a tiny period. You know, we'll go off and then we'll, we'll go into other, other areas to do other work. But while we're here, you know, what, what are we here for? And, and it's not to just work, we don't, I truly believe we're not here, we, we don't live to work, we work to live. And if you work to live, what is that work going to be? And so if you don't want to have too many regrets, you're going to have some regrets at the end of your life. But if you don't have too many, then you need to start making change now, not when you can't, right? And so um, you were talking about resilience earlier. And resilience has been thrown around so much over the last couple of years, it's almost lost a little bit of its fiber. And I really, I truly believe resilience is important. But in order to have inbuilt resilience, it's almost like having um, an immunity to a disease, you need to develop uh, moral courage, you know, so um, in each of us, there's, there's a there's a fine line that you know, when it's crossed, you you just you lose sleep. You feel uneasy. You you feel like, you know, you're, you're walking down the wrong path. You just know because it's part of who you are. It's it's how your DNA is constructed. And if you're doing things that's not aligned to your values, even if you're not hundred percent sure what your values are, and I'll tell you now, a lot of people don't really. are not clear on what their values are. They think they are, but they're not. And when you do enough research and 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 you know, dig deep, you'll find. you you might be surprised at what you truly value in life. And then once you get clear on that, you need to have your moral compass really focused because you'll start to question a lot of things in your life. And, you know, one of those things might be where you work and the kind of work that you're doing. I know people, for example, who work in pharmaceutical companies companies and uh, or <clears throat> they work in the medical institution, right? Doctors, nurses, all of those sort of things and uh, anesthesis and all of et cetera. And suddenly they might, one of their values might have been, well, I don't like cruelty to animals. And you might think, well, what's that got to do with anything? And suddenly they, they link the fact that maybe some of the the drugs that they, they're selling or, or marketing or, or administering have been created with cruelty to animals and they might be vegan themselves as an example. This is just an example, but suddenly they can't bring themselves to work in that environment anymore because of what they truly believe in, but they've never really linked it together. And once you get clear on things like that, you, you know, you're out of alignment. Now you can choose to stay there and turn a blind eye and some people do, but I I really feel if you can develop the moral courage to say, you know what, I I need to find another way. So you were talking about the fear factor of putting food on the table and, and still having an income that can support your lifestyle. Well, my solution to that would be, or my recommended solution would be, what are your expenses right now? So you've got your mortgage, it might be the rent, it might be, you know, obviously the kids' education and the, the car and all of these different things. You work it all out and go, what do I need to earn to be able to, to pay these bills? Now, if you figure, okay, uh, the job that I'm doing, I need to earn the same kind of income, then you got to, I would question, if you're not comfortable in that environment, can you... Can you make some changes in your lifestyle? You know, is the house you're living in um, or, you know, is the suburb you're living in, is the car you're driving, is the, the 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 fancy lifestyle that you've become accustomed to, is that worth the pain and the, you know, the, um I guess, the compromise that you're putting in your, with your work? Because you're only working to support that lifestyle. If you can change that lifestyle, you can change your work. If you can change your work, you change everything about what you do and I guess you know you you free yourself of that burden and I've seen people change cities change states change countries change you know suburbs uh, put their kids in different schools I've seen people change their cars some people change their housing um, um, etc to suit a lifestyle that they're more comfortable with. I've seen people move from the city to the country because suddenly they don't want to be in the rat race anymore. They want a, a better lifestyle for their family. And you've got to make that choice. And if you can make that choice, I truly believe then you can start saying no to certain things and you can have that that moral fiber, that moral courage, and that resilience will be inbuilt. So you don't need to go looking for it. It'll be there. We all have it. We just need to bring it out.
1: I love the way you've described that. I really do, because it just, it's almost so empowering to the individuals. And it was interesting as I'm listening to you talk, Gavin, it's, and I, I, in my head, I'm kind of going, why does this sound so counterculture? Because, and then I was kind of listening to you and reflecting back on like my own education and this idea that we, you know, we, we're great. We we work hard at school. We go to college. We get our degrees. You know, we may go on to grad school, but then we go into a career, and you know, and then we get married and we have kids, and then we we do the career, and then at the end of the day, we retire. Right? That was the kind of path that was laid out for me in the UK, and I think yeah. it's it's a path that a lot of us are familiar with, and. So when we start to think about, you know, actually empowering ourselves in this way, somehow it feels against like, you know, against what I was taught. And my argument would be it, it, it shouldn't be really,
0: you know, and it's, and, and there's
1: like, where do people go when they have this sense? And, you know, we still live in this space where we think things are right and wrong and this, you know, this dichotomous thinking, but I love the way you're explaining it because it feels so empowering. Like why wouldn't we want to empower ourselves as individuals? Why wouldn't we want to live our own life? Because just like you mentioned earlier in our conversation, I've worked with so many individuals that, you know, are in their maybe late 50s, early 60s. On the outside, you know, they may be CEO of a large global corporation. So on the outside, they look incredibly successful by the measures yeah. of success we're kind of used to. Mm. But, you know, within a few minutes of coaching, they might realize they're, they're, they're divorced, you know, sometimes yeah. more than once. It's, they've got kids they never yeah. see. They've got, oh. they've got no life other than the thing. Oh. And then what comes out very often is this realization very early on in the coaching that they've lived a life that they thought they should live instead of the life they really wanted to live and I hear that's the message you're bringing. Oh 100
0: percent I mean there was a good book written by Deepak Chopra I think I'm pretty sure it was Deepak Chopra called The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari and um, sorry, no,
1: it's not Deepak Chopra. No, it's it, not. It's somebody else.
0: It, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's someone else. It'll come to me in a sec. Yeah. Um, But he, the monk who sold his Ferrari, and uh, what I love about that story, if if your listeners haven't read that book, is it's the worldly possessions that we we strive so hard to attain. You know, we work, we sacrifice, we compromise, we we fight each other for, and and all of that, and we compete at the end of the day, guys, you can't take any of it with you. Yeah. <laughs> and I always tell yeah. people, you know, if you just break it down really simply, you, you're building all of these enormous structures around you, these physical things. But at the end of the day, you can't take any of it with you. And, uh, you know, where this really hit home for me was when I, I traveled to South America um, many years ago, I was in my mid twenties, and I was backpacking and all of that. And it was a wonderful time. And, and uh, I was in Bolivia, which in the Lonely Planet Guide, uh, if it's still around, actually said that it was one of the poorest countries in the world. Now, when I was, I was walking uh, along the streets and uh, I was a little bit cashed up and, you know, got my corporate job and I've got plenty of, you know, I was backpacking, but I had money and, and uh, I was walking down the street and I came across this, uh, this family that were living on the street. And there was a a man, a woman, and and a very, very young baby, okay? Young child, maybe about one. And uh, as I walked past, I was practicing my Spanish, and I said hello to them. And, you know, hola, como estas? And all of that. And they asked me to sit down. So I sat down with them, and I said to my friends, look, you guys carry on. I'm just going to spend some time with these guys. And I'll tell you what, it was a life-changing situation, because the minute I sat down, all they, the, the father, who wasn't much older than me at the time, uh, opened up this box. And uh, it was just a little cardboard box. And he had two little, uh, p- uh, they were called empanadas, so little, little pastry type things. And he broke them in, in four pieces. And he said, one for you, one for me, one for my wife, one for my child, you know, and I looked at him and I said I, I can't take this from you and that was all they had they they had nothing else and I said yeah. I'm going to go across the road and get some food and bring it he wouldn't have it he said no you're a guest in my country i want to i want to treat you i'm so happy that you came you've 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 you made us happy today and i want to share something with you i just started crying i honestly yeah. it was uh, you know and you know what was going through my mind back then or earlier as i was walking down the street gee, you know, how am I going to, you know, I've got to do my tax return, and I've got to, you know, I've got to pay my mortgage, and I've got to do this, and I've got to, you know, fix the car, and I've got to, that's what I was thinking about, as well as, you know, I've got to book this tour, and I've got to do this, and I've got to sort out the hotel bill, and all these first world problems, when, to be perfectly honest, I I wasn't connecting with anyone, I wasn't, you know, I I was in a foreign country, beautiful uh, atmosphere, culture, and all that, and here I am, pre-obsessed with my, my issues and my problems, you know, and I was stuck in that in mindset and I needed something like this to just wake me up and say, Hey, look around you, you know, life is happening. And you're, you're trapped in this, this world that you've created, which isn't real, really, you know, it's, it's a, it's, it's all, it's all, uh, it's all a little bit fictitious. And I walked away from that. And this was, you know, my mid twenties now more than 20 years ago. And I've never forgotten that, you know, and I tell that story to a lot of people because we forget the the humanity that's around us a lot. We get so obsessed with what we're doing and how it's going to better, uh, you know, position ourselves. We forget the people around us. And I would say to anyone listening, you know, stop what you're doing and just just take a take a take a breather, you know, take a break and and reconnect, reconnect with your family, reconnect with your neighbors, you know, ask people, even in in your, your work, you you mentioned you coach a lot of people in their corporate careers that are unhappy deep down they'll put on a a persona that they're successful but they're on their second marriage they've had a triple bypass they don't talk Mm -hmm. to their kids i used to see this in my corporate life jane you know and i didn't want to be that person i said you know i do not want to be you when i grow up (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) and um but everything was pointing in that direction and um uh, yeah I, I just think you know there's so much more to life than than simply uh, you know being like you said in our earlier conversation a noodle in someone else's soup
1: right <laughs> right totally and you know we're talking a lot here about kind of you know you're talking there about reconnecting and I, I, I think that I know that your work helps people reconnect to themselves first and foremost. Um, And then, you know, the reconnection on the external. And I think that's so important. It's one of the things that we can easily lose, I believe in our, in our, in this modern world. And, you know, we're talking a lot here about like purpose and meaning and expressing your authentic self. So I'd love to get a sense of, you know, from, from you, like in your life now, I Mm. mean, what, how are you creating meaning that's important for you? Like, what is the thing that you're taking a stand for that gives your life meaning?
0: Yeah, thank you for that. So, look, I, um, I, the, the thing that is the biggest <clears throat> driving force for me right now is seeing people reach their potential and, and really living their best life. And the reason I do that is because, it, believe it or not, it really does bring me happiness when I see someone smile. I smile at everyone that walks past me. Or at least I try to. And some people think it's weird. And when we were wearing masks a lot, you couldn't do that, and people couldn't share expressions. And you know, it became a very um, soulless environment you know, and uh, I feel sorry for kids who go to school still to this day and can't see their friends smile. Some of them started school for the very first time during the last couple of years and have never seen their friends smile, you know, and it it makes me sad. But um, what I I love about what I do now, and it gives me a lot of meaning, is help transform people from where they are now to where they want to get to. And all I'm doing is unlocking potential that they already have. I'm not Giving them any new skills or advice. I'm really just saying you have permission to make the changes in your life. Here's some tips and some steps that you can take to, to do that. And you know, if you want, there is help along the way. There are communities that you can be a part of. You don't have to feel isolated and alone. Um, and you know, I put out a guide a few years ago uh, called The Eight Bulletproof Ways to Escape Your Your 9 to 5 Without Risking Your Income. And I, I purposely put that without risking your income in there because I knew people were fearful of making that change because they didn't want to risk all that they had built and sacrificed and worked hard for. So there are ways you can do these things on the side um, and you build it up and, you know, something that resonates with you. And when the time is right, you can make that transition and so, you know, I feel grateful that I'm in a position where I can do that and I can help educate and, and coach and mentor people in that process. Um, but, you know, that's what gives me meaning. And just to correct what I said earlier, the, the book, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari, was by Robin Sharma,
1: Thank not you. by
0: Deepak <laughs> Chopra. Although Deepak Chopra is another another amazing um, yeah. philosopher and teacher, but Robin Sharma yeah. was a guy I, I meant to say. <laughs> yeah,
1: perfect. Um, and you know, I, I think I'd love to know because because you work with individuals, I'd love to know what all of this work that you're doing now. Because I know there's a lot of people that are probably just as pleased as you are that you're in this position where you can help them make this transition. Because it does feel like a big transition when you're about to make it. I get oh, it's that. Huge. Yeah, yeah, I get that because it really is redefining almost your entire lifestyle. So yeah. I get that, but I'd love to know what it's in service of. So let me ask you this question. You know, mm-hmm. what is your vision for a better world? Because this is what your individual meaning and purpose is in service of. So, you know, paint a picture for us. What's that?
0: Yeah, well, I just think, you know, at the end of the day, there's if you find happiness in what you do, and do it if being in the corporate environment is something you love stay there you know yeah. I never I never tell people they have to leave I never tell people they have to do anything <laughs> <And> I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm very conscious not to push my personal views on anything on anyone because you know at the end of the day we all have our unique perspectives stories experiences and and journeys and so I like to say to people look or ask them the question, are you happy where you are? Are you happy doing what you're doing? If not, what needs to sh- change or what needs to shift? You know, why do people who want to lose weight not lose weight? Well, you know, th- this is a, you know, just to, to sort of side sh- sidestep a little bit, it's because they haven't really found their, a, a, a good enough reason to want to do it, is right. really the bottom line you know th- there isn't a big enough driving force to want to do it it's a nice to have but I know people who would more readily buy a pair of shoes and look good in front of the mirror than act then uh or look out you know look good on Instagram then get healthy and eat healthy and um you know we live in a culture that's dictated by what other people think and what other people perceive us to be and it's all about you know how can I be seen in the best possible light by others and I think we need to bring it back to ourselves in terms of are you happy in how you you perceive yourself and how you're living your life and you know going back to the people that you coach uh, in the in the corporate world and they're people that I talk to as well a lot of them in fact almost two-thirds of them from a lot of recent studies are unhappy where they are and it It doesn't surprise me, but it's quite shocking when you think about it, because there are a lot of people going about their daily lives in in their jobs that are just plain unhappy. Mm -hmm. And so for me, you know, the, the, the biggest contribution I can make is just awakening them to the fact that you don't have to be in that position. You can make a change. Now, some people won't compromise. They just do not want to give up the life they've built. And they are happy to see it through. And I've, I've spoken to people who are, you know what, if I just stick it out for the next 10 years, I can retire. And I've done, I've worked hard. I'm not, I'm not going to risk it. And I say, good luck to them. And I really do wish them well. And there are some people who say, you know what, I've got another 15, 20 years of good working life left. I want to do something else on the side, or I want to try something, you know, I don't want to leave it too late because then technology would have gotten away from me. Um, you know, I, I, I'll be the dinosaur in the room. I, I won't have the maybe the mental capacity to kind of pursue these ideas and, uh, and ambitions. So I, I want to try something now while I still can. And I say to them, do it. What's the very worst that can happen? If you can do it in a safe manner that doesn't put things at risk, what's the very worst thing that can happen? And once you get past that fear, you realize, hey, it's actually not that bad. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, so for me, I like, I like encouraging people to just think of the potential and and empower them to make that change. That's my, that's my sort of um, driving force each day.
1: Yeah. You know, and listening to you, it all sounds so almost obvious that, you know, why shouldn't we be able to live into our full potential, whatever that is? Because to me, that's, that's like a, well, people will be happier in their individual lives. There may be less conflict in the world. And, you know, it just makes the world a very different place cumulatively. So I really I really love what you're saying. And uh, one final question, I guess, which is, you know, if there's something that you wanted to share with our audience today, maybe it's a few words of wisdom after all the amazing golden nuggets that you shared today, Gavin. Um, I just wonder what it might be.
0: Yeah, look. I, I guess the, probably the most important thing would be to just take a step back and do a self-analysis. Do do some reflection. You know, a lot of people never take the time out to do that, and uh, the only time they probably do it is when they're sitting on a hospital bed because they've injured themselves, or they're sick, or you know they've been forced to go home for certain situations and things like that, where they suddenly have unexpected time on their hands. What I would recommend is, you know, even if you're a very, very, very busy person, we all have time to just take a minute or two out of our day and go, I just want to, I want to just reflect on where I am right now, you know, where am I heading, what am I, what are my dreams, you know, one of, one of the things we get all of our clients to do, and I, I really encourage people to do this, um, is do a vision board, do a, uh, do some sort of a dream board, you know, and some people may think it's a little bit playful. And it is, but what it does is it brings out the... Uh, it brings out a lot of stuff within you and, and you get to connect emotionally when you start seeing and feeling and touching things. And, you know, as kids, we are encouraged to do these things. You know, we do cut and paste and we put stickers up and we, we, we do drawings and we, we, you know, we put things on a board and we look at it, and we smile and we're happy because that's, that's our creation. But as adults, we forget to do that. And I think if, if you can start picturing and visualizing what you'd like to achieve in life, or the things that you don't want to miss out, you don't want to have regrets on when you get to that those final days and find, you know, really get clear on what those goals and that vision are, then work backwards and go, what are all the ways I can achieve that? Is the job that I'm doing right now in corporate, is that the only means to the end? Or can I do it other ways? And you'll find there's so many options that'll start to open up. There really are, you know, and and. If you don't know how to get past that point, then I encourage you to talk to a mentor or a coach, someone like yourself. Perfect. Why? Because one, you've done it. You understand the journey. You know what the, the pitfalls are. You, you really can help guide someone through that thinking process, that evaluation process, that you know uh, making making change process. And I think now's a great time for people to just start uh, self-reflecting and, and looking at that. So that would probably be my number one tip Everything else will flow from there. Have a bit of faith in yourself. You've got the potential. Uh, Go ahead and live your best life. Don't don't let it get to the point where you have too many regrets. That's
1: Mm. what I would say. I love that. So I just want to end with, if you've been waiting for a sign, I think Gavin was your sign. (laughs) So uh, thank you so much, Gavin. I've really enjoyed our conversation today. And I'm sure our listeners have really got some incredible insights from what you've shared today. So thank you so much
0: oh you're very welcome and uh, you know just to i guess a last thing i'd probably say is i love the work you're doing jane and you know i think it's very important work and um uh I keep, keep going on your journey. It's, it's definitely making a difference. And, you know, if anyone wanted to reach out and just have a chat or connect, um, there's lots of ways you can reach out to myself on LinkedIn or Facebook or any of those ways on my website, I'm sure the links will be put out. But if you just wanted to have that chat or just connect with an audience or someone that gets where you're coming from, Mm -hmm. you know, there are people out there and, you know, I'd be more than happy to just have that chat with someone who's
1: feeling a little bit lost right now. Lovely, thank you. Okay. Well, everyone, that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for listening in. Now, before we go, I want to remind you that all the resources and links for our guests are in the show notes at sacredchangemakers.com. And a big thank you to our sponsors, Coaches Business School, who are helping us to make a global impact aligned with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, all visible on our website. And if you're a coach wanting to grow your impact, you will need to understand how to build a business that works today. So check out Coaches Business School to transform your business with purpose-driven profits. It's time to build a bridge from what you want in life to include what the world needs from you. And together, we can make a meaningful difference. Again, you can find us at sacredchangemakers.com and our sponsors at coachesbusinessschool.com. And if our episode resonated with you today, I hope you'll consider joining us. So for now, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your intention and efforts to make our world a better place. Until next time, lots of love.